Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week, the gaming adventure enters the mayhem and madness of Destruction All-Stars, where an eclectic cast of characters battle in frantic car combat for the sake of glory. Plus, we're talking about Cyber Shadow, Gran Turismo Sport, and a ton of news that happened this week. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. funny thing happened I was playing uh, Control Ultimate Edition for PS5 uh, some of you might have gotten that off plus or some of you might have gotten the upgrade like me um, and I noticed a weird thing that was happening and that's that when I was in game and I changed the controls because in control um, I swap you know the run button and the crouch button because I don't like to I'm one of those people that doesn't really like to use the left stick for dashing or running. Like, you know how you have to do that in Call of Duty, right? Yeah, I, I don't like doing that either. Yeah, so like like in Borderlands, um, I switched the run button to R3 for Control Ultimate Edition. And I was noticing that when I switched my controls in Control in-game, only on this version, the, the PS5 version, it was treating moving the left and right sticks as pressing them. So I couldn't get my character to stop crouching. And when I moved the camera, I couldn't get Jesse to stop running. So I was like, what's going on here? I, I was like testing out, like I went to Spider-Man to see if like I was getting some weird controller issue. Uh-huh. And no, everything was working fine. And so I went back and I just changed the controls from the main menu of control. I know I keep saying control. It's not my fault. <laughs> um, and... It, it worked fine, and then I tried changing them back from the game, and it started doing it again. So the conclusion I came to was that if you change the controls in control, in-game, uh, at least the sticks, uh, you're going to have a bad time not being able to not crouch or not run. So uh, that's it's... that's my little funny story to start the week out with. It's pretty much out of control. Ooh, I don't think I have anything to top that, and I didn't <laughs> think of that. <laughs> right it was very much out of control man i was i was just saying like i really don't like pressing down on the sticks either to run so i get that part but i don't know how it just doesn't how does it not work if it, you're able to switch it to those settings yeah it's like it, it it's clicking down the button that that triggers the crouch of the run but for some reason when i did it in game moving the button was treated as a click and I was like, is my controller broken? I've had some worries about that already with my DualSense, unfortunately. But no, I, I, I just did it from the main menu and everything worked pretty fine after that. I'm, I'm going to, maybe when you download yours, you can tell me if you have the same like issue in-game. Um, we can test it out, actually. All right. But you know what we are in control of? This brand new episode of Markers on the Map, where there's destruction... And there's All-Stars later in the show. My name's Daniel, and as always, I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert. How have you been this week? Pretty good, actually. I got I got a new uh, vinyl, so I was pretty happy about that this week. Uh, the, the Cowboy Bebop one? Yes, the, oh. the 
I think it's uh, Swordfish 2 and the Red uh, red Tail colored one. So it's like marble. So it's like red and has like really cool, pa- uh, really cool patterns on it. And there's a, a purple one. The same thing. Really cool patterns on that one too. I know. It's such a nice set. I think I sent, I'm pretty sure I sent you a photo of it. I got the picture, but I've seen it before too. It's it's really I I enjoyed it. I really liked it. I was like this is because I I've had it a basic story of less. It's like if and I I heard this. It's like if you have the money to afford something and you really want it, just buy it. Because don't be like me not buying the Lupin the Third Fujiko Mine set and then like regret it later on. But luckily they did re-release it, so I'm happy about that. But bless up for discotech. I know, bless them, but don't, if you see something and you really want it and you can afford it and you really do want it and enjoy it, it's better to pay the extra to have something you enjoy. Or at least if it's a limited edition thing or something where a license could expire, get it while the, you know, I I got the Fujiko Mine set while Funimation was selling it. I, I had no clue they'd at some point lose the license, but I guess that's how things work sometimes, uh, like distribution companies for, you know, anime and stuff lose the license, so... Yeah, always good. Always a good idea, especially for things that you're not sure if licenses will be kept or if something's limited to print. It's kind of why I'm glad Limited Run Games extended their pre-order windows for things and also have open pre-orders instead of having to like rush on at a certain time to, to get something. I I feel like with Limited Run, there was some game, something happened because I'd never heard of them until you told me about them. But ever since you told me, and then a couple months, maybe a year passed by. Eventually, I start seeing more and more things about them. Like something must have happened where they got a really big, like, limited game, and it did very well. Where everyone was talking about, it, and everyone just figured out who they were, and now they're like everyone talks about them. Yeah, they're only five years old, but they've released, you know, a lot. They've got a lot of games released every week. It's something with with them. It's pretty cool. I I actually got my Star Wars Episode 1 racer that I ordered back in August from them this week. So, nice to have a oh, finally a physical copy of that. Last time I had one of those was for the um uh, the iMac edition of the game back in like 2000 oh, or something. Oh man, that's <laughs> By that's, a, that's a I while think back. Aspire did that port. It just is funny because Aspire is going to come up in our news um <laughs> later on. But First, I wanted to talk about this curious little thing I found. You know that Justice League Snyder Cut uh, movie coming out on HBO Max? I heard of it. So this company, like, I think it's called Wonderland, is doing a meal box that you can, like, order for uh, the Snyder Cut. And it's called the uh, Mother Box Meal. And, of course, that is the, the DC, like thing and you know the loot boxes in injustice 2 are called uh mother boxes so this this is a mother box meal that is you know 130 dollars and meant to be consumed i guess while you're watching this the snyder cut uh comes with uh ocean trench it's icelandic cod and chips with trench dressing that you prepare at home Uh, a big belly burger of course that's the fast food of the dc universe it comes with Resurrection, which has not been revealed yet, but it's inspired by the cornfields of Smallville. Um, it comes with some drinks and snacks and some kind of, sounds like some kind of like ancient Themyscirian fire 
that's probably some like meat and some drinks and coffee and stuff so all this for a movie meal i guess and that got that got the gears turning you know how the gears turn and i thought what if we <laughs> could do one better by making a right. gamer meal <laughs> all right and and i'm not talking about a main mission with cheese because that's fast food this is some gourmet stuff so i'm like okay steak from monster hunter so right. we go to the world we we go to the marker on the map uh for monster hunter world and we see one of the the hunters getting their meal prepared by the the cats and we're like, no, let let us take this steak and put it into our gamer meal. So we've got right. we've got like a main dish right there. Okay, That's so our dish. price is already at like eighty dollars, maybe for a fine uh, uh, monster hunter steak. So what else? Who got who? Who has really good potatoes? Like hmm. some potato wedges. What where where can we get those from? Where can we farm those? I mean, any RPG, let's choose something high class, maybe, where you can get potatoes. How about the ma- the big potato from Cuphead? Oh, for sure. Okay, so we got to jump into the 1920s um, and 30s for a second, and we got to, like, take this potato, and we got to make sure he can be safely put with the steak. Okay, so we got meal and a side-down tray. And the potato, I don't know... Let's say $30, okay? So we're at $110 for the meal. So we need a $20 beverage to, to match the mother box. And ours is going to be way cooler. How about Mad Moxie's DLC from Borderlands 2? The wedding DLC. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's probably good. I mean, I forgot what that does to people, but it can't be anything awful, can it? <laughs> no, maybe... Or, hmm, who has a really good, like... Look, between you and me, between you and me, maybe we could toss in a few cans of Markers on the Map Presents Trial by Energy Drink. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. I mean, that'll be better. I'm thinking maybe a Companion Cucumber Lime to wash down the the good steak with the the nice Markers on the Map Presents Steak Sauce. (laughs) Okay, yeah, alright, I'm seeing that. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be a steak. We want vegetarian options, vegan options. We want different meats, all that. We, we want to be in a position where we are making a gamer meal uh, for everybody. And then, of course, if you're just in the mood for fast food, you go get a main mission with cheese. <laughs> in the side of Quest Fries. Mm, side Quest Fries. Stat Boost Drink. All that good stuff. Anyway, I think it's about time we got to some real news this week, right? All right, yeah, let's get to the news. All right, a lot. Um, Nintendo has some sales numbers. Um, I remember back in our, our our first initial test podcast was all about some Nintendo numbers for, like, last summer. And I just thought it would be nice to point out that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still the top-selling game on Switch. Animal Crossing is actually catching up. But it's debatable as to whether or not animal crossing will overtake mario kart 8 deluxe and i remember we were talking about this the other day mario kart 8 deluxe will be selling vast quantities in 2221 at this point yeah probably uh as probably i think i don't think animal in my opinion i don't think animal crossing is going to overtake it though 
Oh, like, it, it was closer, I think, last time to overtaking it. So it, Mario Kart has continued to sell at a steady pace, whereas Animal Crossing might have dropped just a little. I think it sold over 20 million copies, though. I know Sword and Shield has passed a lot of the Pokemon games. I think there's only a couple that it hasn't sold more than. And will it outsell Red and Blue? Probably not. Never. <laughs> so. that, those, I don't think that one can ever be outsold. Yeah. Breath of the Wild is still doing crazy numbers. Ring Fit, I think, has over 8 million units sold, which is also, like, yeah, for, for like, I think it's $90, 80 or 90 and a peripheral game is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, like, yeah, if you go online, you could see all the Nintendo sales numbers. They're, they're, they're pretty interesting to look at. Always a nice conversation to have. Um, speaking of Nintendo, they are updating, like, apparently 18-year-old multiplayer servers. And I guess Monster Hunter Rise was like a testing ground for like this. That could be wrong, but that's what I'm kind of gathering. 18-year-old multiplayer servers? Might that be the reason for certain lag, maybe? See, that's the reason why the Yu-Gi-Oh! game always glitches out when I'm about to beat you. <laughs> you thought I forgot about that, did you? Oh, see, I've never lost a match of no, Yu-Gi-Oh! No, 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 no. One more turn, you were done for. So, I think that's a problem with the Yu-Gi-Oh game, the crashing. <laughs> it might be also just the MP. If they're updating their servers, a lot of things need, like... It might be, you know, with Yu-Gi-Oh, but also if the MP is this old, they do have to update it. Yeah. I guess there was an issue with when you had more players on your friends list, you'd get more lag in Monster Hunter Rise. Uh-huh. So, okay. this might be a, a fix for that. A fix for some things. I don't know how it's going to work with Smash because I guess the connection thing is like peer to peer or something like that. But uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, if if anything is going to test those servers, it's that Monster Hunter game coming out next month. Hopefully, it does well. Hopefully, PS Five got an update, and it's a small update that. Remember that problem I had where I said Borderlands installs the PS Four version when I have the disc in my PS Five? Well, this fixes that. I guess that's all there is to say about that, but I'm just glad it's fixed now. I can turn my PS5 off with Borderlands in there. I've I've never had it download the PS4 version. Have you turned the PS5 on with that disc in there? I usually don't like keeping disc in the system because if someone uh. needs to like borrow the game, they need to grab it, and it's obviously not in there. Or if I try to put in a Blu-ray and I forget that the game is in there, I'm like, oh, now I have to put the Blu-ray back take the box for the game and put that back and then put the blu-ray and so it's like kind of try to keep it empty as much as possible but there's probably a few occasions where i probably just like maybe it was like quick snack break so i just left it in there and then came back to it so there has to be something like that mm-hmm. it was just a minor inconvenience i'm kind of just glad they they fixed it so i'm wondering if there was some kind of like update at some point that fixed the crashing because crossing my fingers here i've been doing the spider-man dlc and i haven't got another crash yet so Keeping I think my fingers crossed. My friend played the entire Miles Morales, and I, don't, and I don't think he brought up like any crashes. He said he played the entire game, and no, I mean, there's been like bugs. I think one time he was showing me gameplay of it, and they're like walking through a glass door, or like a, a or Dory. That's obviously it's big old glass panel, and they were just like walking through it. But other than that, he I don't think he's brought up that it's crashed, and I think he would have brought up something if it's been crashing on him. Hmm. So there's that. And next up, Gearbox and Aspire are joining with the Embracer group. And Aspire is, I guess, going to be under Saber Interactive. 
Now, Aspire does the Star Wars ports, and I believe they did the old Mac ports. So they worked on both versions of Episode One Racer that I've played. But uh, Gearbox is the surprising one here. They have been more joined with the Embracer group now, but 2K is still going to publish Borderlands. Now, this got me thinking of, you know, acquisitions again, just like Microsoft and Bethesda, and this rumor that's going around that Microsoft might be trying to make another, like, Bethesda-size acquisition. Um, I'm still over here saying, please, Sony, acquire Bluepoint. <laughs> at this point, yeah, they should. I don't know why they haven't, but at this point, they should. It would be a good move. I mean, I think we've been saying this since day one of the show. Like, Sony should get Bluepoint. It's a no-brainer for me. Yeah. It's a small group, but they do very well. I know. Demon Souls, um, the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus remake. I guess if you're into Shadow of the Colossus, it's still a pretty good port or remake, I should say. I I, I just see it as a no-brainer. Yeah. A couple more things for this week. Uh, Skullgirls. Surprisingly, it's getting a new character named Annie. Um, she looks really cool, doesn't she? Kind of, I don't know, like, her design is in the style, but at the same time, as the characters themselves, she's kind of out of place for me a bit, but... I, I kind of see that. Yeah, she's like kind of out of place, like, it's kind of, not I would say weird, but it's just, you notice that it's something, I guess, different and out of place, but, uh, you never know, probably a good thing to try out new things, you don't have to stay with the same old uh, designs. Yeah. And I was not expecting to be talking about Skullgirls this week because there hasn't been any updates as, or major updates as far as I can tell in that game in, in a long time. But there's they're getting this new character. I guess the mobile version already has her. And there's another character coming according to the end of the trailer. So Skullgirls is every couple of years it just seems to, to come back. I, I remember originally playing it on the PS3 like day one. <laughs> oh yeah, I have it on the PS3. I never, I never bought the PS4 port but I want to. I think they gave it away on Plus one time. I probably didn't have it then. Mm-hmm. I got Plus, like, way later on. I got it probably, like, 2017, like, way later on. Because PS4 mm-hmm. came out in, like, 2013, so I didn't, get it till, I didn't get it for a while. Yeah, I think I didn't start Plus until it was, like, a requirement for PS4 online. So, November 2013. Whatever Killzone came out. <laughs> yeah. Next up, Sonic... Uh, Roger Craig Smith is unfortunately retiring, I guess, as the voice of Sonic, and this comes alongside the announcement of a new show on Netflix uh, called Sonic Prime, which to me sounds like a crossover between Sonic and Metroid. I don't know what it sounds like to you. It could be Jaleel White reprising his role as Sonic because he's the prime Sonic. You You see what I'm saying? Oh, so it's just like a Star Trek thing where they have Spock Prime and it's Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Actually, now that you say that, I'm like, what if really, like, that is what's going to happen? I I just made that up on the spot. I didn't didn't think of that at all. I was just like, oh, it's probably just something like, let me think of something like, oh, yeah. I know, but you also came up with you're out of control on on the spot, too. (laughs) That's true. I wouldn't mind a Jaleel White CG Sonic series. Maybe we can bring Sonia and Manic, I think, from Sonic Underground and get the old band back together. I don't know how I feel about them Roger Craig Smith leaving as the voice of Sonic. I know, he's been it for years now, and it's sad. (laughs) He's really good. He's everyone's favorite, arguably everyone's favorite assassin from Assassin's Creed is Ezio. 
it used to be um Jason something from Four Kids for the Sonic X. He used to voice um Sonic in the in the games as well, but then they moved to like uh Roger Craig Smith right after him i want to say but i could be wrong there might have been like an interim one but it's sad and he's really good he's a really good voice actor oh yeah he's in a lot of animes and everything his uh last performance as sonic i guess is in the new puyo puyo tetris 2 dlc where you can play as sonic so <sighs> I, i'm I mean, gonna miss him like, yeah tip you know tip of the hat you know respect because he's been he's been with that character for a long time he's been with him longer than anyone i want to say i could be wrong As but eggman that's what I, say. I think eggman's the only other voice actor that's oh yeah yeah eggman he's, he's he's been voiced by the same guy for a long long yeah. long, long time i think they kept the four kids voice actor for him on through through even right now but yeah this makes me want to go watch some more sonic boom Actually sonic boom like it. is an <laughs> underrated show it's funny oh my it's such a good show like say what you want about the game, the show is is delightful. There's two Cartoon Network shows that I say are very underrated. It's the, it's Sonic Boom and the Looney Tunes show. Oh yeah, that one's good too. That one's really both good. of those, those are, are really funny. Yeah, they're really funny. Like they're they're comedy on those. They're like, it's like, I want to say it's like Seinfeld type of comedy on both of those. Yeah, Sonic Boom always has those uh like sarcastic remarks i don't know yeah. one time i was just watching an episode and i was just busting up laughing because eggman looked at sonic because they were like trapped in a room or something and eggman said okay so sonic bro to bro what's up with you and amy and i just thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing i've ever heard from oh, you know eggman let alone oh. like a like a like a cartoon you know what this you know what this reminded me of? That one time the Sonic team on Twitter were answering like fan questions. Oh, that was so oh, good. Man, that was so that cool. Was so good. Oh man. <laughs> they did it all day long. It was amazing. Oh. Ah, oh, that's what I mean. I'm gonna miss these moments like this. I lost was so good. I remember we were just like scrolling through those all day long. It was so good. Oh, it was so good. That's it. Oh, Tip to the God. hat. I I'm great cast. Know great great really great cast i oh. i mean it's gonna be hard to outdo this one that's what it's gonna really it's, you have some they have big shoes to like fill in yeah and hey speaking of sonic and voice actors um old four kids voice actor for knuckles was yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh. so <laughs> okay yeah I, I <laughs> just to bring now. it back here for a second <laughs> oh man i <laughs> i can hear it now anyway couple little tiny things um Google's, uh, like, Studio Stadia Games and Entertainment is not a thing anymore. So I guess while Stadia still exists, the gaming studio that they were going to make games uh, for it is not happening anymore. I guess that's kind of sad. And like like I said, we don't like to see things do poorly. I don't know Stadia's numbers. I see some people talking about it. Some people are really hype about Stadia, but just seems a little foreboding to me it's sad it's just it's, it's sad and, and much i don't know it's just this is pretty bad uh i don't know how it's long like i guess they're left. just not making games for it now they're gonna like have some games on it or people put their games on it but they're not in making games for it or something yeah uh i don't know i i think for a game console you have to have exclusive Netflix. I don't think would survive if it didn't have its exclusive TV. Oh shows, yeah, definitely. Like Stranger Things or exclusive rights to stream certain shows. But 
I don't know. It, it it might still work. They could always change up the company. Google can support it. They can always bring up new ideas and maybe see what works and what does it. This might be one of those things where it just didn't work out and they might try something new, but hopefully something happens, but only, you know, only time will tell. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. So there's that. Last couple of little tiny things here. Uh, some PS5 news to start with. God of War got a special little um, uh, like update so it can run at 4K60 on the PS5. And according to you, it's absolutely breathtaking. Yes. Uh, I don't know if they added ray tracing, but the like lighting and shadows on like Kratos, I noticed it because I recently beat the game. Yeah, and I've never noticed the shadows that well. And I was like, I played this game for a good amount of time. I played it for a good amount of hours, like for a day, and I've never once noticed like the shadows. So unless they didn't add ray tracing, I feel like they'd also added a tad bit of it. Um, I I assume this is going to be a PS5 upgrade, which I kept just like as what I assume by this, everyone just kept saying PS5, PS5. I was like, oh, it's an actually a PS5 version of it, which. I was wrong, but that's still pretty good that it's still 4K60. But now my question is, will will they actually release a PS5 version of this, even though the upgrade allows it to play in 4K60? That, I would probably say no, but then again, you never know. I'm just hoping they do something similar to this for Death Stranding, because it's, I believe, um, locked at 30 frames, and PC gets it at 60 frames, and you know... I love that game. I'd love to play it at 60 frames, really. It just makes everything better. Control, oh my god, the 60 frames in Control, dude. It's amazing. There's a lot of games I want. I I think in general, most companies, and Sony can at least tell them about it or try to do something, they can unlock the frames because there's a lot of games, I believe. I mean, like, Bloodborne is stuck at 30. Yeah, I think that's, like, frame pacing issues that prevents that from running at 60, though with with that but something like god eater 3 it's like oh my god please just let this run at 60 yeah like just unlock it like figure out a way to unlock it or most games on 1080 can run 60 if it's Mm -hmm. 30 it better be doing ray tracing 4k 30 but 4k 60 should be what we're targeting for but if it's 1080 60 i'll take that even like 1080 120 i'll i'll take that over the 4k 30 Mm -hmm. two more things MLB 21 The Show, that's a game that's coming out for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, but that's also a game that's coming out for Xbox Series X and Xbox One. And it's got the PlayStation logo on the cover. The PS Studios logo? What? (laughs) It's maybe one of those where it did well enough to earn it a sequel, but maybe they want to expand it to... It's a sports game, so it's not really like... Examples like it's not like a God of War game where it's their own IP. It's sort of less like it's a sport game. Why would they? Yeah, they developed it, but I'm just glad they're sharing. Yeah, it's like it, it's kind of like in the sense that actual sports is like everyone should be allowed to play. No one should be told that they can't play or anything because I don't know the platform they own. So it's like it's a sports game. Everyone should be allowed to play it. This is like a beautiful moment, like when Minecraft came to the Switch and it said we're gonna have crossplay with the Xbox playstation versions i was like oh my god despite the fact that i don't really like minecraft um after playing it i i did enjoy the fact that that was a thing and i wanted to support that i honestly think it's because we got a bad world we got a very bad seed like it wasn't good like nothing of it was actually good so one day we just have to redo it and you just have to just play the game like 
however it is but i think honestly we just got a very bad world because there's no resources anywhere we weren't getting anything so then we'll give it another shot in the future another shot in the future. hopefully we get a better world better location and we can do bigger i feel like the one thing we i need to do more or less in minecraft is not stay in one place i just gotta do adventures and just move around the map and find locations but maybe when we start a new world and it's a good location we can settle a good base then we can explore around the world we'll have to do that in the future here because you know what i've been thinking about it <laughs> it's like i said it's just a bad seed we've got mm-hmm. one last thing and i'm quite upset so Fall Guys Season 3.5 launched yesterday. All right, let's go. 40 new variations, a brand new level that I haven't gotten to play yet. New DLC, but wait. It's not the DLC I wanted. <laughs> it's a sugar plum pack that comes with some costumes, but not the Cajun fries. I'm just I'm losing it, man. I was I was watching exist. the se- I was watching the season one mid-season update trailer to make sure i wasn't going crazy and that their cajun fries exist and sure enough they're there in the trailer i like bro please i want just probably forgot about them (laughs) they forgot to update the they forgot to like turn on the thing that puts cajun fries in the shop it's probably in someone's usb drive and someone's desk over there at the fall guys headquarters and they were like wait the, wait cajun fries like what and they just forgot about it oh no and then some of those level variants are devious like tundra run uh variant you know how the 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 like flipper things launch you at the end to the goal yes well now it's been replaced by a fan that you have to jump to and dive while there's a um those like pendulum things that try to to hit you the thick bonkus is what they call that one the ones that are in night fever there we go so some of those new variants are quite devious in in the fruit matching one fruits start dropping from the ceiling <laughs> oh man uh i we're gonna have to try that later so i try that some other day or later on and now we have our nintendo direct rumor sponsored by markers on the map presents trial by energy drink this week's flavor is Power Level Pomegranate. And it's for a game called Kid Icarus Bicycle Blast. The world of Kid Icarus is about to get a whole lot wilder. When Pit loses his wings to evil cycling king, it's up to the power of forward momentum to keep our hero going. That's right, Pit is taking to this realm, and many more atop a new vehicle called the Angelic Cycle, powered by the movement of the legs and the feet. It's a Kid Icarus BMX adventure through many arenas, tackling vicious foes and bosses, all while doing tricks, flips, spins, and the most daring jumps you've ever seen in a sports video game. Collect mighty power-ups and upgrades for your Angelic Cycle. Level up and customize Pit and other playable characters from the Angelic Shop, and even customize color skins and personalizations for your cycle. But you heard me correctly. There are more than one playable character in this game. First up, a crossover with the cast of Hades, including fan favorites like Zagreus and Poseidon, with many more to unlock as you progress through each mode's trials, from story to arcade, and even online multiplayer races and trick battles. Additional crossovers include professional riders from Excitebike, the Monster Energy Supercross team, including a guy wearing a giant can, and Link, of course, from Mario Kart 8. 
Accept side quests from the Yawamushi Pedal crew that reward you with tokens to spend your gear. Enjoy the bliss of recycling mode where you and your online friends can join in on any of the maps and just ride around and perform stunts and try to see who's best. With a soundtrack that'll make any 6th generation gamer jam like there's no tomorrow, but still feel fresh for older gamers and newer gamers alike, Pitt and friends race through to the music. And with multiple years of free content planned, the Bicycle Blast is set to get tons and tons of post-launch content, including new characters, modes, and cosmetic items. Save the world without your wings. Take to the skies through jumps and perilous falls in Kid Icarus Bicycle Blast when it comes to the Nintendo Switch with Dark Pit as a pre-order exclusive. So, this got me thinking, this rumor. Uh-huh. What if they come out with, like, a bicycle peripheral you could use like you hold on to the handlebars and you have little like bicycle pedals that you could like do this game with and maybe like click a button on the handles to do like a like break or like do a spin or a trick or something like that with your like joy cons you know how those like really like cool like futuristic like screen like bicycles they use for like exercising yeah yeah i was just reading about those actually what if nintendo partners with them and they have like a they make a peripheral so like not only do your parents get a cool new like gym workout machine but it's also a game peripheral that you can use yeah like one of those bikes has a little like slot for your switch to be like docked into and it like makes the the bike shake or rumble or have some kind of cool features that that help you like really feel like your kid icarus bicycle blast yeah that's pretty good that's what i'm thinking that's I'm definitely looking right forward to this one. I just gotta know when that pre-order goes out because I'm trying to get that dark pit bonus. I know. It feels like one of those characters that you would miss out on by not pre-ordering. Like, I believe Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta on the first Xenoverse. Although I could be wrong about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. I legit forgot about that one. I could be wrong, but I feel like you had to either pre-order or get the day one edition to, to get that. And if you didn't, then I don't know if they ever made it available. Oh. Um, you know which one did have that one was the Fighter Z, not Fighter Z. Uh, Battle Z had a was it the Naruto Goku skin? Oh yeah, sometimes they do that with skins too, don't they? Yeah, I forgot about. That's probably what I'm thinking of too. It's like I remember I had that one. All I remember about Battle Z was the like five minute trailer, where one of the voice actors was going like battle of z and i was like yeah, give me hype for battle of z that game was too hard i couldn't beat that game it was like the precursor to xenoverse oh man it it was such a hard game i couldn't beat uh, most sorry couldn't beat battle of z it was a hard game <laughs> i don't even think i had it no i I, I had xenoverse <laughs> all right so we have played quite the game this week um, as most of you listening probably know, Destruction All-Stars is this month's free PS Plus game. Originally was a launch exclusive, but they decided to delay it, launch it on Plus, and we finally got to try it out. And I gotta say, I'm 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 pretty much loving it. <laughs> for what it is, and for for free for a PlayStation Plus, it's good. I can. I was having a conversation because we did play this with my other friend and we were both there and we discussed how it was more or less. He said it's more or less like it feels like this is a beta. That's what I was thinking. That's because it's only like on solo you have four modes, but on multiplayer with friends, you only have two. So it doesn't feel like it's 
all the way there where it feels like this is a taste and hopefully it does well enough where it has the support and they did say a whole year of content you know of all that stuff yeah it's going full in on the you know the live service type upgrades where you get content drops there's premium currencies stuff like that all of this stuff i'm not gonna say wouldn't be on if it was a launch title at 70 but this gives them more or less the excuse to have you know things like this in their game hopefully within the year there's enough stuff there where it's goes up to the 70 dollar price point maybe they put it to 60 i don't know but i don't think this coming out when it was supposed to with the ps5 when you look at it compared to like uh demon souls and spider-man which was a cheaper game in the sense that it, yes it's not a full game so that's what they made cheaper and the stuff that you get with this one i am very happy that it did it did go like and i say free to play but it, it was free for the month of february yeah I, i'm really happy because i was really interested in it uh based off the trailer at the playstation 5 reveal and i was ready to buy this actually at launch um so it, it saved me 70 dollars, and the game is still tons of fun content is going to be trickled out a pretty decent clip i guess but um let's get into talking about the game itself like yeah i was like get all that stuff out the way but i i say let's start off with the biggest thing is like the character designs and just like the art of it yeah so it's this is kind of like this is not these characters are not generic looking these characters look very cool they fit the style and the like zaniness that destruction all-stars is going for um one touch i really like is that when you hover over a character in the menus um the music will change to like a different version of the theme that's based on that character um each character feels like they're distinct and cool and not some kind of cookie cutter copy paste thing from another game because you know a lot of these hero type games have like characters that are like oh this is the this is the assassin guy or this is the gunslinger no in in destruction all-stars they all kind of feel more like overwatch is i'm not gonna i don't don't want to compare it to overwatch but the characters themselves have a lot more you know character to them in this I say in the sense of them having character is like Overwatch, but the design itself and the characters themselves, I, I don't think I can really compare it to anything. It's it's more inspired, I think, than a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's, I can't really, like, pinpoint it to, like, a specific other game. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it definitely feels like this type of game. It just kind of feels like they take a little bit, but they still ran with it. Like, they made their own thing, which that's pretty good. I like that the vehicles are all unique to each uh, character. They all get unique uh, abilities and unique skins and unique vehicles uh it, i so like yes the character design and the design itself and the art and everything they put a lot of effort into it because not a single character just felt like a cardboard like oh every game of this style has to have this or this and that where some of them you think like they are but they're not really well the only cardboard one is the guy with the cardboard box on his head that is true He's, he is the only cardboard character there <laughs> maybe he collects uh pokemon cards because he likes cardboard (laughs) true um i was gonna say the kind of reminds me of twisted metal like in more ways than one but the characters too twisted metal like twisted metal black has these weird unique characters and they all are based on a vehicle and i say twisted metal black because 2012 twisted metal didn't quite do it the same way but we've got 
such an eclectic group of characters with all kinds of different backgrounds and they all look like just it's refreshing is what i'll say it's refreshing it yeah it's like i guess twisted metal is the best game to really compare it to but not in the uh art like I said, the art is completely different, but I guess in the sense of the characters being unique, it does take that into consideration, that formula, which it's uh-huh. Sony-owned Twisted Metal, right? Yes. So this this makes sense. This one makes sense from coming from both of them, are both from Sony, but... Like, we thought this was going to be, like, a Twisted Metal game. Like, like at the end of the trailer when we watched it, I was like, is this a Twisted Metal game? Are they just going to, like, pop Sweet Tooth's ice cream truck in the middle of this arena out of nowhere? But no, it's Destruction All-Stars. It's very similar to Twisted Metal, though. I will say that. Every all the characters are are cool. I don't think there's like one bad character. Honestly, I look at them like they're no, they're all really good design. Mm-hmm. Uh, art is amazing. Now let's get to some gameplay. How do we feel about the gameplay now? So, as a fan of Twisted Metal, especially 2012, which I played for countless hours, the driving is so satisfying and slick. Camera movement yeah, turns with your car. Um, you get a satisfying like thunk from the adaptive trigger when you launch a car off your you know off the platform that it's on um ramming is done with the right stick either forward or to the side to ram and back to look back it's a little trickier to get used to but unlike twisted metal your cars don't have weapons it's strictly ramming and because of that you're pretty much encouraged to be in and out of multiple cars at all times or it's like it really is satisfying everything with the game the controls i agree that everything is very much satisfied the one thing is the controls are i want to say they're difficult but they're just it's a learning curve and you kind of do have to figure out what to do yeah because you're not turning a camera with the right stick you're attacking with it yeah there's something that that just says about details and this is an, exa- uh, an example of that where if you jump in a vehicle and it's starting like you're turning it on but you already have r2 held down it will actually resist and you'll feel like it like once you'll basically feel like if you're actually pressing on the gas pedal where it actually turns on then you're able to move forward where it will go through all the way but if you wait and let the car turn on you could just like just go with r2 and it won't have like a, a resist to it yeah, and I also like how when your tires get blown out, it'll give you, like, a shaking resistance when you're holding down the, the throttle. I yes. like that, too. It's this, like, you can tell it's such a first-party thing with all these interesting uses of the of the adaptive triggers. So, uh, in-vehicle is, is pretty good. I like, you can, I mean, you can, I would say you can actually drift in this game. It's not, like, in the sense of, like, uh, Need for Speed or, like, Mario Kart where drifting is, like, it's kind of a main point in the series that so you can in this game, but it doesn't, it's not a requirement, but you can do it. And it's pretty satisfying pulling it off. It's mm-hmm. a little difficult, but it satisfies, uh, satisfying when you pull it off. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of a learning curve with this game, especially with some of the modes, like the, the, the driving is not going to, people aren't going to get used to that. I, I'm only used to it because of twisted metal, but like a lot of the ins and outs, and the little tricks in this game are going to take people some time to get used to because it's there's not a car combat game out that often. Yes, uh, I agree with that one too. But on foot, the second I played this game on foot, I said, man, I wish there's a parkour game with this type of like physics and this type of like mechanics. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. 
and you get a lot of air, so you can just jump right into another car and stuff like that. Everything, just everything about this game, the controls on foot or in a vehicle is satisfying. You got wall running. Wall running is really is really fun. You can run up the wall, double jump when you get your special. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's pretty much, like I said, it's a learning curve because sometimes your character will always follow where the camera's pointed. So if you try to climb upwards where your camera's hitting the side, your character will always just go forward. It'll never go, like, you can't move the camera. Like, I guess in the sense of Assassin's Creed where you can kind of freely move the camera and then move the character in any direction. No, the character's always going to be wanting to go forward wherever the camera's pointing at. So you always want to have, if you're going to go somewhere, always have it pointed forward. Mm-hmm. And you only want to look sideways if you're standing still, because if you try to move and look sideways, your character is just going to move towards that direction. And then, of course, when you're on foot, you can take other people's cars when they try to ram you. You can choose to either destroy them or take over the car if your, you know, button presses can beat the speed of their, you know, wiggling the left stick, which is actually hard to do because wiggling the left stick is a lot faster. Um, but your options here. Like, for such a simple game, the amount of options, uh, like, maneuverability that you have um, is really good. You're, you're just, it just feels like you're supposed to be out of the cars as much as you are in the cars, especially with some of the modes, like Stockpile, where you have to get out to collect your gears. Car combat and the driving is good. On foot is amazing. Well, the multiplayer modes so far are pretty good, but... There's a lot of depth to them that I don't think a lot of people maybe expected, um, especially mm-hmm. Stockpile. You need to crash and destroy other cars and get out of your car, collect gears. Then you need to take those gears to one of the three banks, A, B, or C, and deposit them on foot. So this is really like driving home the point of Destruction All-Stars being both on foot and out of car, and I think Stockpile is the mode that kind of drives that home the most. So far, I think it's my favorite mode. I don't know. Uh, Carnado's... I don't know. It's it's It depends. Carnado can be satisfying, especially when you have 80 gears in your hero car. It, it depends. I think uh, they really just need to add a the Mayhem mode for, for just for playing with friends multiplayer, though, because just add something like that, because er, I, I don't know what they're maybe getting in the sense that we're going to cheat in the sense of, oh, let me just hit you a bunch of times and let me win. It's like, I don't think people are really going to do that as more or less. I think that might be why it's not there, but they really just need to add a wreck as much vehicles as you can. Obviously the person with the highest vehicles that they wrecked wins. And that's what they, cause that's how people seem to play it at the moment. That's normal mayhem, but they need a team mayhem. Yeah. They need to add something just like something in that sense where it's just more or less, Oh, get, or it's like a, a race or something like that. But it's also like, ran or destroy other vehicles for bonus points or Mm -hmm. something like that i was actually shocked to see that you couldn't go into mayhem in a party like even if it's a free-for-all because can't you do free-for-all on like call of duty in a party Mm, no oh you can't i think i think solo i think the whole point of solo is that no one's in a team that's what Ah. that's what they do need to add a team thing yeah because we've got two solo modes two team modes and we kind of need a few more team modes or at least make team versions of the ones that are there um gridfall and mayhem yeah i i don't i don't really believe someone would go that loads just to be like hey where you at let me destroy a vehicle and let me win or something because i don't think there's like trophies tied to it because obviously i feel like that might be a trophy thing but if there's no trophies tied to it there's no 
real harm, but there'll they'll probably be that one person. So more or less, they need to have a team mayhem. You know, uh, one team versus another team destroy as much vehicles as you can, earn points in that sense instead of collecting gears and destroying a vehicle or dropping them at a at a uh, uh, a destination like domination in that game mode. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing is that multiplayer just needs to have a little bit more because it's only two. In the sense, how uh, I guess like I guess like Star Wars Battlefront like one had didn't have much in like the multiplayer sense. It only had like a couple modes, but then they added more later on. Yeah, it's it's definitely I think over the year gonna get some some modes. Yeah, it's like they I don't think they could uh think I I hope they don't think that they can just have two modes and that's gonna satisfy uh a lot of things. I don't. Here's an example. I don't like it when multiplayer games like, like this, uh, hold modes because here's an example. Uh, Black Ops Four. I got that uh, when it came out, um, and there are so many modes that they didn't have. They didn't have like gun game or infected or just like like standard like modes that you would assume that would be in the game day one. Mm-hmm. They came out way later, but I think it was a little too late because people either moved on from that game because obviously people move on into another game or the newest call of duty was coming out so people were just looking for that one so they're like oh why buy it now when the newest call of duty is coming out so it's like i guess with this it's a little more forgivable because it wasn't a paid thing it was yes. a ps plus thing so i mean i just see them adding new modes definitely new characters and cosmetics and hopefully some way to earn the premium currency in game because that's a thing and uh some of those costumes are kind of cool. There's also like story modes that you have premium currency purchasable for. So they haven't even added challenges yet, um, mm-hmm. so, as far as I can tell. So it, it's really a it's going to be a rollout for this, which honestly will keep people coming back. I think especially because the game is a lot of fun. It is fun. I think as uh, as first impressions, it, it has potential, but but like very high potential where it's there. They just need to run with it and not like, I, I know people can you know fumble. I guess they can you know not be as quick, but as long as they stick to it and they uh, assure that things will happen because it's fun and they add certain events or certain challenges and stuff like that, it, it it's gonna make it because it is a fun game and I would really like to play this uh, yeah. for years to come. It's like the heart is there now. Keep it going. Yes, it's like you you have us in here now. Now don't make us want to leave. Like we're in, and show us why we want to stay and play this game for years to come. Like keep us in here. Mm-hmm. So, I I think we'll be talking about this every now and then on the show because it, especially if it gets updates and there's still some little things we should touch on about the um, certain modes or strategies or what as we kind of figure those out. So, yeah, Destruction All-Stars is something that we will frequently return to here. It's very fun. So, other couple other little things I played this week. Because um, that was the main thing. Uh, I bought GT Sport. Uh, <laughs> that surprised me. Because, like I said, it seems... you. I think... I don't know if you told me, but it just seems like you didn't like, like simulation driving games. Well, I was thinking about that. And I was like, you know, I played the beta when it came out. And, you know, I was like... I want something relaxing. And I was like, what's more relaxing than Gran Turismo on, like, time trials? So I bought it, and really, aside from a few solo races, I've just been doing the time travels, kind of enjoying the 60 frames and the graphics on the PS5. And 
I don't know. It's just tranquil. The music, the soundtrack for that game is unbelievable. I, I did not know it was that good. I think there's one song on there I don't like, and that's because I associate said song with something else. But, man, it's just so beautiful and tranquil and relaxing. I'll, I'll share screen it with you one of these days so you can, like, see that. It's just, like, mesmerizing. I, I, I found myself losing an hour or two just doing time trials. It's beautiful. I'm down to look at it. Uh, 60 frames is always something nice to look at, but I think most car sim games are probably the most beautiful out of all like first ver- like generation games of anything. They always have the best lighting and best reflection of any game of that generation. Yeah, yeah they and I was thinking about Grand Turismo 7 for the PS5, and you know that's probably not going to be out for a while. Those games tend to get delayed, so I mean this is good enough for right now. Honestly, it's. I bought it to relax, and it, it it helped me relax. Like, I don't even want to go online yet. <laughs> I, I guess it's in the sense of don't play car simulation games as a sense of, oh, this is an arcade game. It's like Need for Speed. I got to win the story mode or be first place. It's more or less just like, no, it's for people who just want to ride a car that either they really like. Like, example is a kid who wants to drive a certain sports car or, or legendary or, like, a fast, like, supercar. But, obviously, they're not old enough to either afford one or, or too young to have a license to rent one. And so, it's, like, this is a Nest Specs thing because, like I said, they're, the graphics and everything is just always going to be on point with these games. And it's a car sim. It's not an arcade game. You don't have to be first place. You just have to play the game. Yeah, exactly, and it just feels so premium. Everything about it is just like, wow, I didn't get that from the beta for some reason. Even though the layout is the same, it's just so, like, the UI is amazing. It's just so, so I play GT Sport, and of course, like I said last week, Cyber Shadow. Cyber Shadow, I cannot be the last boss. I'm stuck on the last boss, but I want to talk about it very briefly. Yes. Um, Kind of a great little callback to NES, like, Ninja Gaiden almost, um... It's it's archaic feeling on purpose. You can't crouch or anything. It wasn't, like, awful in the difficulty department, but I know Yacht Club Games didn't publish it. They just... Or, no, I mean, they didn't develop it. They just published it. Um, It was developed by, like, one person, so kudos for, like, one person doing Cyber Shadow all on their own. But, like, oh, my God. Like, Chapter 7 and on, the difficulty of just getting through the levels and getting to the checkpoints drove me, like almost to tears at some points this is like brutal and the final boss has three phases that you have to do all in one life and you lose like three points of health every time you get hit and i I don't you don't have that much health so it's like what i liked about cyber shadow up until the final boss and some of the later chapters is that you start out very slow you start out with one small attack and every time you get you get an upgrade, you get something incremental that helps you with backtracking or it helps you with the levels you're you're coming to. Um, you get a dash move. You get a shuriken. You get a um, downward slash, which lets you do an extra jump if you downward slash onto an enemy. But by the end of the game, tricks that you think people would use for like speedrunning strategies or strategies that aren't meant to be used by you know average players have to be employed into the game you have to use the downward um slash extra jump thing wall jumping flipping off walls and diving onto an enemy for a boost you have to learn how to do all these intricate tricks just to get through the levels and 
you, so much is coming at you at once that's taking off multiple points of health that by the end it just became very overwhelming. I played a bit of Ninja Gaiden. I, I thought it was pretty fun. I still want to try um, Cyber Shadow, but more or less, uh, we talked about the final boss and that we brought up the topic of should I even care about defeating the final boss if most people can't even get to it or well, that's like I, I technically beat the game because I'm at the final boss, it's just I can't beat him. In the sense, it's like, yeah, you technically did beat the game. You beat every level in the world and every other boss is just the final one, but uh, I think you can beat him. I mean, you've platted Sekiro and Bloodborne and those are very difficult games to do. I think more or less is the sense that you don't want to stress yourself over it or i don't know you just don't have the time because you gotta you know play other games or do something else so it's like one day you'll you'll beat the final boss one day you'll be like uh like how i beat cuphead i was like man i don't want to play this and i, I was like i'm gonna go to bed but then i was just like ah, just one more like one more like round of it and then eventually i did beat it but one yeah. day you'll look at it and just be like maybe i could beat it and you'll like maybe look up some tips and tricks and stuff like that to know what to do yeah one one day I, i've seen the final phase and i know that it's mechanically a bit different anyway just the thing that led up to that final boss this gauntlet of doing the pogo jump basically off enemies and like dodging enemies there's an enemy that will back away from you when you get close to it so you can't hit it unless it's in the animation of it firing because that's when it's immobile so it's just like I will just, oh my god, it's like giving me like anxiety and stress just thinking about that level. Like the, the chapter before the final boss, it's just, it was so brutal. It took me forever to, there's a trophy for beating this game in under three hours, and I'm at like eight hours on it. <laughs> so I'm like, the plat's probably not going to happen on this one, but someday I would like to beat the final boss. It'd be, it'd be nice to see the ending of the game. <laughs> But it's fun. The, the 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 graphics are eight bit, of course, but they're really good. The music is really good. Gameplay is smooth, especially when you learn that you can use the right bumper to dash instead of double tapping uh, the D pad. Um, I think only one boss was annoying before the final boss, and I think it was more annoying for other people than it was for me because I kind of figured out what you were supposed to do. So, Cyber Shadow, it's. It's pretty good. And now, like, Shovel Knight, developed by Yacht Club Games, has a really good difficulty curve. Um, this is only published by Yacht Club Games, so they had no control over the difficulty curve, but I do trust them when it comes to, like, 8-bit platformers and stuff like that. Solid game, Cyber Shadow. Uh, one last thing I played this week was the that Balan Wonderworld demo. Um, that's oh, that, yeah. That's that Square Enix one by the guy that made Sonic, I want to say, that's yeah. supposed to act like a Dreamcast platformer, almost. Like a like a Knights or like Sonic Adventure. Uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> it didn't enjoy it. It felt like it wanted to be the chillest thing in the world, but at the same time, the mechanics of it are like weird. Like you, you, your character jumps with like every button. Every button makes your character jump. And then you get a costume. And the costumes, you can collect multiple costumes as you go through a level that give you one ability tied to the costume. So if you want to be a fire-breathing dragon, you switch to the dragon costume. Your action button lets you breathe fire. But you know what you can't do as the dragon? Jump. 
So you have to switch oh, to a character costume that lets you jump. Some gaps are too far apart, so you have to be you have to have the bunny costume so you can do like a like a like dangle your feet in the air to get across the ledge. There's a flower costume that lets your character raise their body up to get like collectibles and then they do a slight little hop. And it's just like the costumes don't switch instantly. Like, there's an animation where you can't do anything while the costumes are switching around, and I just, like, why can't why can't I jump with the dragon? And mm. that Chow Garden-esque thing called the Tims is, wasn't really explained super well. I don't know if it'll be in the full game. Uh, it's kind of a fever dream type of game, I think. There was, like, a dance musical number with the farmer guy that was hanging around in the level of the demo and hey the design of of balan himself is pretty cool and and they had this part where i thought you were gonna get to play as him but it's just like a quick time event where you press the x button when his shadow lines up and i was just a little let down so i hope i hope it's good but for me i think the demo did not quite sell me on it I don't think I'll be getting it. Resident Evil uh, showcased it and sell a lot for it either. Even me, like I was just like, hopefully the demo's better. Maybe the demo of this game will be better. The Resident Evil 3 demo, I say that was the most perfect part of the game they could have sold people with the demo on. Yes. So uh, Hopefully later on they release something else or the game's better than the demo because there are some demos that don't do justice to the game yeah i'm hoping this is just a case where the demo wasn't you know super great anyway i just wanted to bring up that because i played it for about an hour on over the weekend so does so that about wrap us up for this week i think with everything that happened the news so far that should wrap it up all righty like always guys we want to thank you so much for listening and you can check us out on our podbean site apple podcast google podcast spotify and follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map. And I guess there's not much left to say besides Sega please re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music and that the real Matrix, Path of Neo, was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.